Welcome back, everyone. This is the Bless Your Boys podcast. BlessYourBoys.com is your home on the SB Nation platform for all things Detroit Tigers baseball. You have found us here at Podcast Central. I am your host, Brandon Day, and with me is Ashley McLennan, my co-host. Ashley, should be... Uh, should... Almost, you almost forgot how to pronounce my name, which would have been really impressive after all this time. Did I say McLennan? Like, there was like a pause? You, you got it. Oh, yeah, it's mostly... Like, there was a pause of uncertainty. That might have been dry mouth. <laughs> sure, blame it on the dry mouth. <laughs> I once, this once happened to me, whether it was like somebody that I'd known for years, and we were having a big party, and he comes in and he's like introducing his girlfriend to all his friends. And oh no! Going around the circle, and he's like, "And this is Jessica." And we have a lot of Jessica, so it's like, "This is Jessica and Jessica and Jessica," and then he stops and he looks at me, and he's like, "It's just nothing." Oh no! I've known him for years, and he's like, "I've totally forgotten," and I'm like, "Are you kidding me right now?" <laughs> Still not over it. Wow, that's crazy because I actually forgot like one of our delivery drivers' names at work today for like a solid minute. Like I saw him outside, and I was going to go up and tell. Someone else like, oh, Jeff is coming, and I just I could not remember his name was Jeff for like a minute, solid minute. Oh. So, you know, I yeah, maybe. Although I also I remember this, and I'm glad I saved this from when I was like nine or ten. But there was a time when I couldn't say washcloth for like a week. Like <laughs> I could think of what the object was, but like nothing about that term like would come to mind. I just couldn't think of what it was called. So I don't know. I have these issues here and there, but I'm also like almost Jeopardy caliber rememberer of nonsense and trivia. So. I don't know. Maybe I just filled up everything, and you know now the files are all jumbled because I'm too busy these days, and you know there's paper lying everywhere, and I can't find anything when I want it. You only remember what's important these days. Yeah, it's all context specific, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. The, <laughs> well, before we get into this, I, I will uh, do my due diligence and mention that if any of you out there um, are regular listeners, you know, reg- regular readers of the site, and can help us out by sponsoring us via our Patreon. Um, we'd invite you to head over to www.patreon.com backslash bless you boys and become a donor to the site over there. Um, there's some freebies and little extras that we put up over there. Um, Rob will link in the lineup some days. Um, we do a couple extra podcasts. Um, so you'll find some special content over there if you sign up, I believe, at the $5 level. Uh, anything you can do over there would be awesome. And I will leave it there for now because we must get into the the most exciting news of the season. And it has nothing to actually do with the Detroit the Detroit Tigers baseball team. Um, it has to do with the about, that's for sure. yeah. I know you know we've already kind of talked about this a little bit, but this is going to end up being one of those things where there's just like rumor and legend for forever about this. Much like Avisail and Prince Fielder in the in the shower, you know it's gonna it's gonna go on like that. But apparently Tuesday night. After the the Tigers' victory, I believe, over the White Sox, there was an altercation of some sort in which Mario Mpemba, the play-by-play man for Fox Sports Detroit, and the color commentator, Rod Allen, um, these two gentlemen have been with us for almost two decades now calling Tigers baseball, and apparently they're not good buddies, um, which was kind of an an open secret. An open, something that people kind of got the gist of, but, you know, nobody talked about. Yeah, and and it wasn't like they were, you know contentious necessarily maybe they just didn't hang out or whatever but some kind of scrap went down and um you know when i wrote the story it was probably about noon and there wasn't a whole lot to say and there's been a little bit more now but i'm not sure how much to trust these reports so the thing is you gotta be really careful right so just with a grain of salt as we go into this we don't have any hard and fast details we don't know any more for sure 
than what we got out of Katie Strang's article with The Athletic this morning. Um, but a lot of speculation. One of the things that's been implied um, is that it was a fight over a chair <laughs> yep. in, in which Rod Allen choked Mario and Pemba from behind. And now that's a huge grain of salt because Rod Allen has his, his agent has said that that is, what is the exact phrasing? I can't remember, but he was definitely uh, like, these are completely <laughs> shamefully untrue. Yes. His agent is saying, which of course he would. Um, so it, it does sound like it was a physical altercation. Nobody's saying whether or not like punches were thrown or anything, but definitely more than just like a, you know, a gentle shoulder shove. That's for sure. So yeah. 15 years of contention seems to have come to a boil. Yeah. And I mean, and it's hard to even kind of conceive of, of a scenario in which two guys who are almost 60, like get into some kind of like, we're going to just stand here and bang it out, you know, boxing style kind of fight. So, I mean... In the end, it's probably, I, it makes me feel like there's, it was probably just kind of a little scuffle and an argument, and maybe somebody put their hands on somebody when they shouldn't have, but we don't really have any details, but um, but it's just so bizarre, you know, and then, then the note about it being about the chair, you know, like, if it is about the chair, I mean, that would just be hilarious, but of course, you know, it's never about the chair, right? The chair isn't the chair, you know, any Freudian will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the chair is a proxy for 18 years of being packed in a little booth together. It's a breaking point, basically. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, that's the big news. I can't, like, when I first saw Katie's article go live, I'm like, wait, what? Like, no. Uh-huh. And, yeah, like an actual physical altercation between these two guys. Which, of course, I mean, because we're, you know, professionals and journalists, um internally in our chat all day today we have just been pitching ideas for replacement teams <laughs> yeah um, exactly just all day we've moved, moved on immediately so. because you know we because we don't have any facts to report on it additionally like nothing that's been confirmed we aren't in the habit of reporting anything that we don't have at least two sources on yeah um so we just are enjoying ourselves and you know deciding new teams that could go in if one or both of the the broadcasters is is fired after this yeah so, and the, the tough um, the tough guy is the play-by-play guy like it's hard to know who to replace well, him I mean, with there but I'm, I'm going with dan dickerson right dan dickerson yeah over to the broadcast dude. same here um, i know diehard radio fans are not thrilled with me for that suggestion but i love dan and we'll just get him dan we'll just get him dan hasty on the radio then you know yeah we could yeah move dan hasty up to the big team yeah um i think that would work great but yeah i would love Every time Dan Dickerson does a spot in for Mario on one of those, like, where they switch partners for the day, I, like, oh, they're so good. Um, I wish Dan yeah. Dickerson was my dad. <laughs> Not really. It's but, you know, I just, I wanted... He does, he does have that, like, warm, kind of paternal vibe. Like, yeah. I absolutely get that. Like, you... Dan Dickerson's just a wonderful guy. Yeah, very smart, would always tell you the right thing and give you good advice, you know. Yeah, he's, no, he's absolutely got that vibe. And then, of course, um, our, our podcast buddy Andy Dirks threw his name into the ring um, by suggesting that he might have better catchphrases than uh, than Rod. And I said I was down <laughs> for that. And he's like, let's make it happen. So, I mean, if there's a vote option, I think we should get Andy in there next season. Yeah, I think Andy would be awesome, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. Although I think the best... Maybe the best suggestion that I heard was Curtis Granderson, which would, would really make a world of sense, and Curtis Granderson would be awesome as well. I mean, both Rob and I were very pro getting Mary Jacoby, Mary Mary Jones in there, <laughs> Jacoby Jones's mom, 
um, who's fantastic. And I think she liked one of she liked Rob's version of that. Tweet, so <laughs> that was great. Yeah, we could get Nikki Hardy in there. It'd be awesome. I think he knows her stuff, but yeah. I don't know how if she would want to do it. She's got to be uh, ready to have a baby pretty soon. I oh, think. that's right. Yeah, she's a little, she's a little busy. <laughs> yeah, she might have other focuses. P- possibly too, too well educated to sit and talk about baseball for three hours a day. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she, she might have like a dissertation to write. Yeah, I was going to get a little bored with that. Uh, but yeah, I did see. I mean, and there's just been a great a ton of great lines. Like I, this is one of those rare times when something like this happens. It's when you reappreciate Twitter after having watched it be a cesspool for, you know, months and years. But yeah, I mean, just the, somebody, was that our buddy Comerica Eric, um, formerly Phil Coke's brain, um, came out with, you know, a question wondering who would get custody of Johnny Kane between the two of them, which which made me laugh. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. What I don't, what I don't like is the idea of like, yeah, like, you know, Matt Shepard just going in there or them just kind of piecing something together. But it's well, going to be... have to at this point in the yeah. season. It's really interesting, you might, yeah. You might just get the Simo and Shep show. You might. Um, we just got to talk for a second about how I am incredibly ladylike and just spilled half a can of LaCroix down my shirt. Oh, well, it was LaCroix, though. Ah, uh, yeah. It's not Le yeah. Croix. It's not, though. That's the thing. And from a French-speaking country, it should be LaCroix. But if you go to their website, they're very specific about it being called LaCroix. That's funny. Because yeah, um, that sounds like a totally American way to pronounce it. <laughs> We'd just be like, no, nah, that's LaCroix. But there is decidedly some, some key lime LaCroix down the front of my shirt right now. Because uh, I know how to drink out of a can. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, Ashley. Oh, Ashley. But yeah. The of radio, everyone. Yeah, yeah, the, the salvation of radio, because <laughs> God knows what we're doing here while you're all listening to our voices, you know, a day afterward. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the, the thing is, yeah, we just don't know, you know, is this going to be like a little suspension situation? And then, you know, maybe they've, they've kind of juggled the team so that the two of them aren't working together. Is one of them going to get fired? Um, there's a lot here left to play out, because, um, yeah, we just... There's not that much time left in the season, and they can, you know, obviously ratings probably aren't through the roof either, so if they're going to experiment, maybe this is the time, but... You know, I mean, the t- yeah, that's the thing actually about ratings, is that, because I've, I've written a couple posts about Tigers ratings, and of course they go down when the team is losing, but they're still one of the top ten, like, viewed teams. Are they? In baseball. Absolutely they are. Listen to that, Chris um, Illich, you deadbeat. So... Open your wallet. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely still people out there watching, and... They're, they're going to have to come up with a long-term solution, because obviously you can't keep them in the booth together. Yeah. Um, I'm of the opinion that anything that involves violence in the workplace should result in in people getting fired. Yeah. If one of them, you know, or if both of them both initiated them. violence in some kind of similar time frame, yeah, they both got to go, but yeah. You just can't have that. No, no. absolutely not. It's crazy. Yeah, especially- I mean, as much as we're making fun of it, it's like a very serious thing, like... Yeah, we actually, you know, we've had some comments on the site today where people were kind of, you know, like, poo-pooing this, like, ah, you know, this kind of thing just happens. But the truth is, this doesn't happen. (laughs) Like, like, I've never seen this happen. You know, I mean, I've seen some, you know, hellacious workplace arguments, you know, over my 30 years in the workforce, almost. And, you know, I've, I think I said this in a comment, but, you know, I've managed, like, you know, young guys who are, like, 16 to 25, like, the people who tend to get into these kind of physical altercations and I've, I've still never seen anything like that where anyone actually you know kind of went went that far you know beyond posturing so yeah don't kid yourselves like that's you know that's serious business and if one of them is found to have yeah initiated violent physical contact upon the other you would that person has to go yeah i mean you can't yeah. oh yeah yeah 
So yeah, I mean, there's a lot left to be determined about this, but yeah, oh my lord, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about it and hearing about it for a while to come. And it sounds like, yeah. am I right that it's Kurt Gibson for a little while, like the next two series? Then that was already planned. So right. I mean, it's usually been a split between Rod and Gibby through the season, and that kind of makes more sense now. Yeah, I always like I always felt like Gibby was the one who was driving Mario nuts. But apparently, no. Yeah, but Mario engages with Gibby, like, so much more, you know, like, he's laughing at Gibby, they're teasing each other. Like, there is kind of like a, you know, it just sounds professional, honestly, but, you know, between, the, you know, the dynamic between Rod and, and Mario, whether you like them or not. Can we talk about one thing about this? <laughs> yeah. Um, Craig Custom says it? It's, who was it? Craig Calcaterra. Oh, yeah. Um, wrote something on this. For, for one of the... I can't remember who he writes for. Maybe uh, NBC uh, Hardball Talk or something. Hard, yeah. No, Hardball Times is the fan graphs, but it's one of the, It's like Hardball Talk or something like that yeah. he writes for. Um, and it is the NBC affiliate. Um, he wrote about it, and he referred to Rod as what he is, a color commentator. And I'm stymied <laughs> by the reports oh, yeah, I saw that he's getting. He's posting them all on Twitter about people who genuinely believe that he is referring to Rod as being colored yeah and referring to him as a colored commentator <laughs> oh man and how these people somehow have never heard the phrase color commentator and if you are listening to this and you've never heard that phrase just sit down for one sec uh the phrase color commentator is used widely throughout sports yep and refers to the guy who has no play-by-play factor in it he's just you know throwing in the quippy one-liners and having a good time Jim Price is Dan Dickerson's color guy on the radio. Yep. <laughs> like, these, these are broadcast terms, people. Don't, don't go astray not here. It's a new thing. This is something <laughs> that's existed for a very long time. And it's like blowing my mind how many comments Craig is getting on this. People are like, it's the 21st century. You should get with the program. Uh, like, this is this is what the word means. Yeah. Like, Oh my god! I know. What's wrong with people? I thought maybe Craig, being Craig, was overselling that a little bit. You know that it was like maybe one person said that as a joke or something like that. But no, at least three or four of them. It's ridiculous. Yeah, there's people who just are not are not following along for some reason on that one. (laughs) That was pretty bad. Yeah, and I mean, it is interesting to think, you know, back to when the Tigers decided they were going to bring in like Kirk Gibson and and Jack Morris, like because the word was kind of. Like, oh, you know, Rod doesn't want to be on the road this much. He wants to kind of be in the studio. And, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that could be true, but that's also exactly the kind of thing you say if you've decided that, like, Mario and Rod don't need to be around each other for 162 yeah. games anymore because they can't. Yeah, they can't I keep it together. The people that really liked the Jack Morris ones. Um, I loved him and Dan. Yeah, I like that there too. Was a couple episodes with the, the Jim Dan, not Jim, but the Jack and Dan show that were really good. Yeah, I could get um, I could get very tired of Jack Morris, but it, um, as a change of pace, I thought he was pretty good. Um, you know, he's going to have his old old dude moments where he's like complaining about pitch counts and you know blah blah blah. Oh, yeah. You just have to put up with that. Um, and I've also, I mean, I like Gibby. Um, I understand that you know, like his voice and sometimes just like his sense of humor too can present a challenge if you're not really paying attention to the broadcast. Um, but I've also heard some really like nasty things said today from people who obviously understand that you know Kirk Gibson is suffering from Parkinson's disease and trying to fight through that every day. Um, and I would just like to tell those people to go bleep themselves. Um, so 
Yeah. That's not, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's been some ugliness, you know, and maybe, maybe you know, maybe there's some underlying just frustration with the broadcast teams in general. Um, not not so much Dan, um, especially, but um, you know, some of that maybe just also comes with the team being bad. You know, you start to associate like the voice of Tigers Radio as like the voice of this thing that's tormenting you every night at seven oh five. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So maybe that plays into it. Yeah, so that's a wild thing, and we'll, uh, yeah, you know, we'll keep updating that and and see what happens in the coming days. But yeah, there's there's got to be some interesting conversations going on between Fox Sports Detroit to uh, sort out what they're going to do with that next. I'm sure that wasn't in the plans with the season almost over. Um, yeah, and so for the Tigers themselves, it's actually kind of been a nice little run here. Um, you know, we kind of had those good times like in the first you know month or two of the season where it was like, okay, you know, maybe these guys will play almost roughly 500 ball, at least for a while, and they'll be kind of fun to watch. And those times went away (laughs) pretty definitively um, in June, July, August, for the most part. But uh, but they have kind of perked up a little bit lately. Um, you know, they, they took that series against the Yankees. Um, they, you know, they kind of beat up on the White Sox a little bit. All of a sudden, there's all this power coming from kind of strange sources in the lineup, like Victor Martinez, who is... This... <laughs> Victor Martinez has been fun. Yeah, it's been cool to see him kind of turn it on. Um, it's, you know, the one guy who out of this group who sort of infuriates me is Mikey Matu, because you, you just... He can go on these tears where you're like, oh, this, you know, this dude's, you know, could be really good. Like he's a better defender than Nick Castellanos. And when he's on, he's strafing line drives everywhere, hitting it over the wall, you know, running hard, making good plays everywhere. Um, But it's just at his age, you know, I mean, he's not old, but I think he's 28 now. You just don't, you know, you don't know what you're going to get from him anymore. And yeah, you don't know how much, how much further up that roller coaster can go. Yeah. And you just don't know how much longer with the Tigers, you know, kind of having a lot of outfielders, um, you know, only Daz Cameron really being the, the standout one, but did you pick up like, Dustin Peterson? Yeah, from the He's Braves. Also an he was assigned to Toledo, um, but yeah, you never like you've got another outfielder in the mix now. Um, is Dustin Peterson any good? Hold on. Well, I mean, he a couple years ago he was kind of an interesting prospect because he could hit a bit, and he seemed like he was going to have a good deal of raw power. Um, he doesn't doesn't run the bases particularly well. He's not you know a very good defender. He's like a you know kind of mediocre corner outfielder. But um, he had, he broke his hamate bone, I believe, early last year or maybe at the end of 2016. Mm-hmm. And so there's still some speculation that maybe that kind of sapped some of that raw power from showing up. But basically, he's a dude who doesn't do anything well and hits a lot of ground balls. You know, if you if you're yeah, looking at his numbers, at his numbers, and I'm not awed by these AAA, you know percentages here yeah some people were saying you know oh he was you know he's he was the braves 15th ranked prospect but that was beat you know before the season but that was mlb pipeline which honestly um, a lot of times isn't very good in my opinion and you know yeah the brave system you know has been really good um and that's true but i mean it's it's a lot like we're like a victor reyes type pickup it's kind of a flyer um yeah, so, he may do okay for you, but it's not going to be an exciting. Yeah, and even if he sort of figured it out and hit for that raw power that people thought he had, it's not. This isn't going to be JD Martinez part two. Everybody just settled down. I saw somebody say that. Like, no, no, that happens once in a lifetime, and when it does happen, you're supposed to win a World Series with him, dummies. You're supposed to win a World Series for a lot of reasons. Yep, yep. We had no, we had plenty, plenty of reasons, including two hundred and ten million. Yeah, maybe. Pitching staff Ever. and baseball, uh-huh. you know. Can't win a World Series without that. With all that, you can't win. Yeah. 
but yeah, you look down this, you know, with, with Peterson added in there, you look at what you're going to have at AAA and at the major league level, barring any changes this offseason, and it's like at the major league level, you've got Nick Castellanos, you've got Jacoby Jones, you've got Mikey Matu, you've got Mike Gerber up there, um, you've got Victor Reyes, who I assume will go to the minor leagues next year, but at AAA, you've also got Daz Cameron, Kristen Stewart, um, Jacob Robson, who's really come on this year and looked good, and now you've got Peterson down there. Um, you've got guys like Cam Gibson at Erie. It's We have a lot of like mediocre outfield prospects, so picking up another one seemed like a strange move, um, yeah. but we won't really know any more about that, I guess, till next year, until yeah. we, we see that guy. Maybe they'll send him to the Arizona Fall League or something, but it, I, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't seem likely to uh, end up meaning a whole lot. Um, we did get Dawa Lugo up, um, and he's been like red hot to start, which is kind of fun. Yeah, he's actually been surprising. Like, you want a guy that you can maybe get a, to take a couple walks, and all of a sudden you get this guy out here going, "No, I think I will hit the ball." Yeah, and keep hitting it. And I'm like, all right, bud. I mean, this is this is exactly what you would hope for but i don't think what anybody expected yeah yeah and it's you know and it's probably not gonna last of course but uh but i just always it's nice when a young guy comes up and kind of has those those moments you know to start with where like things are going good you know victor reyes cranked a home run after kind of suffering through a season at a level he doesn't belong at you know in uh in i believe in new york an upper deck shot that was his first of the year so there've been some some kind of fun moments um, like that. You know, we had the the rally goose made a reappearance when they went back to back with um, V Martin Goodrum off of Batanzas against the Yankees. So yeah, you know, there's been been a few moments like that. I'm actually I'm planning on writing about Dalwell Lugo, and yeah, I mean, I, I'd just like to really temper everybody's expectations there because <laughs> I, I I did some brutal grunt research and went through every player in the major leagues this year who has qualified number of at bats and has a 100, which is league average, WRC+, plus, weighted runs created. And I went through all, all those guys from 100 all the way up and looked at like their last kind of semi-full season in the minor leagues. So like AAA, and if they had like at least 200 at-bats there, and there was nobody who had a walk rate um, under 5% other than Joey Wendell, the magic oh. Joey Wendell of the Rays, who had a 3.7% walk rate, which is really low. But Dowell Lugos was 1.7 this year in like 5 wow. 500 at bats and i think he hit four home runs so there's just a lot of bad bad signs there um you know he's not a guy who's a plus defender or has speed to kind of counterbalance anything else so i assume what's going to happen is that pitchers are going to figure him out really quickly and he's not going to see too many fastballs for strikes and pretty soon he'll be flailing on everything but you never know maybe he stays at triple a next year and and there's something there maybe work something out yeah yeah, maybe make some changes. Um, someone who did make some changes is Ronnie, Ronnie Rodriguez, El Felino, who, uh, yeah, he's been uh, he's been looking pretty good since he came back from Toledo, and they, I think he worked with Bruce Fields, um, the hitting instructor down there, and kind of staying on the ball better and not stepping in the bucket and spinning out and stuff, and um, kind of lowered his hands a little bit so he's a little closer to the hitting zone, and he's, you know, he's looked much improved. He's still a, a wild free swinger, but he's also made some nice plays on defense as well, so... That's been kind of fun to see from him, too, although he's another one who it's like, you know, these are all kind of stopgap kind of measures. Yeah, and it's kind of like at this point, like, we're almost reaching for things to be excited about. Yeah. It's like, this is not stuff that we would, in the past, have been like, oh, hey, did you catch that, like, third string triple A guy who got two hits in a week? (laughs) Now it's just like, something good happened to our team. Yeah, do you see that Jim double? Oh, it was amazing. 
Yeah, and I hate to squash dreams. You know, I know everybody's like desperate for stuff to kind of be excited for and be like, oh, Dawel Lugos, you know, he's looking way better than anybody said. And I'm just like, mm, no, no, he's going to crush your dreams. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. How about that? If Dawel Lugo. Very limited right now, yeah, Brandon. Don't yeah. kill them. I know. If he turns out to be a three war player, you know, everybody can just, you know, demand a dollar from me out there. Feel free. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'll take that. We have it on recording. <laughs> One out live. I know. And anyone who knows Bless You Boys knows that's a substantial portion of my salary. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Report coming next on Deadspin. Oh, yeah, Deadspin. Going after him. Yeah, Deadspin had was I think the one who actually came out with the uh, the whole the part about Rod Allen choking Mario from behind, which is still unconfirmed. So they had to get their little noses in there. Yeah. So and that, but the I guess you know those are the guys who yeah stop gaps probably not going to end up mattering. Um, one who is much more than that potentially is Mr. Daniel Norris, who we haven't talked um, about since the last time. Uh, well, he pitched since the last time we had a show, and it actually. I mean, it kind of was like classic Daniel Norris in which he looked amazing for four innings and was throwing a perfect game with like, I don't know, eight strikeouts or something, And but it had a cramped building throughout the whole outing and kind of fell apart briefly in the in the fifth and gave up a two-run shot and that was it. Um, how did, uh, did you get a chance to see Mr. Norris pitch? I watched it after the fact. Yeah. Uh, I had to do stuff during the day, but I did go back and watch it. I thought he looked good. Yeah, I did too. Um, the, the, the blessedly, the thing that pulled him out was not apparently groin related. There were some initial concerns about that, um, and it was just a cramp in his leg. Yeah, not in his and in his like lower leg. Yep. So. so that was good. Yeah, at least it was just that. And I mean, I understand they have to be careful. Um, I can't remember if it was Chris McCoskey. I hate to not be able to give credit to who this was. I think it was the Detroit News, but they wrote about Daniel Norris and kind of like the summer he's had. And something I didn't realize is that he had a setback where, you know, after he'd had this, you know, the surgery and stuff, he he like he felt this huge tear when he threw a pitch, and his entire groin I guess swelled up and stuff, and it was all like scar tissue in there tearing tearing apart and tearing loose. And they were <laughs> somebody said I think maybe it was Teeter said like well. You know, it was scary, but in the end, you know, it, it sort of advanced the process, and I was just like, oh my god, like, <laughs> that sounds horrific, man. I don't know, like, once once tearing sounds come from my groin, like, I'm I'm done. Like, you're not you're not getting me outside for, like, another year to do anything, probably. Oh god, yeah, no kidding. And so he's really, really been through it. But yeah, I thought he looked uh, really good. Yeah, definitely, like, had, like, the changeup going, had both breaking balls going, was, you know, throwing inside on people, and... Wasn't overthrowing. Yeah. It was nice. That looked really good. Yep, had a little of his velocity back too. Yeah, yeah. So he and you know, he was kind of quoted talking about how you know he expects to get back to being able to throw ninety four, ninety five next year. It's just not going to happen this year. He's just not going to be able to build the arm strength up in time. But um, early this year, he was like eighty eight, ninety, and um, he was he was sitting ninety one, ninety two for the most part. Um, so we'll see what he's got tomorrow, but, um, it's real, just really nice to have Daniel back. Cause yeah, that's, that's someone who, whether they end up trading him or converting him into some kind of Andrew Miller, hopeful type reliever. Um, be awesome. yeah, that would be okay too. Um, I hope they, they start him next year and give it one more go and then we'll just, you know, see what they got to do after that. But there's just a lot of potential there. So all the haters and whiners on Facebook and everywhere else, um, that I see. And yes, I do see you. I see you. <laughs> Settle down. Him, big guy. Yeah, don't don't go wasting talented players when we have so few of them. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I know, Give us something to be excited about. I need to buy a new jersey for crying out loud. I'm not going to get into the jersey talk again because Kenan made fun of me last week for it. Oh, that's true. Um, we yeah. could talk a little bit though because I I really am considering making up a Matt Manning jersey of some sort and just. Oh. 
just be in the front. You can customize the jerseys yeah. in the MLB shop. I mean, the only thing is I say that, like, it's so matter-of-fact, but I've still refused to do it to get a Willie Adamas one. Oh. Because um, I'm just, like, for some reason, the custom ones, the font is smaller. Oh, yeah. So the, I'm the great... snobby about it, and i like, I want a real Willie Adamas jersey. Yeah, well, if you're going through all this trouble, you know, to make a custom jersey up for yourself, it's like, hey, why, why aren't there font options? You know, they should be able to do right. that. Give me something. Yeah, I mean, I can go to the store and get, like, a custom bear built for myself with, like, incredible detailed specifications. <laughs> I have a custom Louisville Slugger bat for crying out loud. Do you? Oh, that's nice. I do, absolutely, from the factory. Oh, that's awesome. I keep yeah, thinking about getting a war stick bat, but I haven't done it yet. Oh, I wanted one of those paint-splattered ones they did for Players' Weekend so bad. Those yeah. Beautiful. I really like the two-tone ones as well, but, man, they're expensive. Yeah, they're not cheap. I do want one, but it would just hang in my office. Yep. I'm not sure I'm quite ready to make that investment yet. <laughs> yeah, this is that memorabilia investment. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. And, and all right, well, we'll I'll just go right there because I brought up Matt Manning anyway because I yeah. really want to talk about him. But um, his last start, you know, we talked about him a little bit last week. And, I, you know, I wrote, I wrote two things about him this week. Kylie McDaniel over at Fangraphs wrote about him. There's been a chatter about uh, Matt Manning all, all kind of week. So... Um, you can find anything you want to read about Matt Manning on the site, but it was cool. I thought that they they brought him and Bo Burrows um, to Chicago yesterday to kind of throw in front of Ron Gardenhire and in front of um, pitching coach Rick Anderson. I keep uh, I almost started to say Chris Bazio again. I know because it's default, right? We're still in the old school, like the beginning of season mentality. But no, it, yeah, and you don't really see Rick Anderson very much. Like he doesn't, I don't know, doesn't have the same like well, presence. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, yeah, he he kind of reminds me more of like a Dan Dickerson looking guy or a Dave Dombrowski looking character. But um, yeah, so they they had them out there. They threw um, in front of those two and in front of like Matt Boyd and Alex Wilson and Michael Fulmer, who I guess were all all came out for this and hung out, watched him throw. And Matt Boyd gave gave him some advice and stuff and talked to him about like preparation and how to get over failure and. Um, you know, and they talked about some of the tweaks that both of them needed. I guess Rick Anderson had, had a couple ideas for Bo Burrows to sharpen his curveball into a, hopefully more of a swing and miss pitch. Um, basically just by staying back on it a little bit more and, and getting his, his arm out in front of him a little better. Um, so it's kind of cool to give them some things like that. I think at the end of the season, um, it's kind of a little reward for, you know, having a pretty good season. They're both really young still. <laughs> And, um, you know, I'll get to come hang out with the, the major leaguers and get a see, taste of it. Yeah. See the bright lights. It's like a field trip, right? Like you get up, you get like to just, just stand next to the pool. You don't get to dip your toe in just yet. Yep. You get to like smell that cup of coffee. Yeah. And it's just, I think that that's a real motivator. I, I would think that, right? Like it's just, it's just a taste of it. Like just being that close and being like, yeah, this is what I'm working for. I think that there's a real motivational factor there. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a it's a really good way to send them into the off season. Um, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be weird, you know, to play in a place like Erie. You know, and, and obviously these two guys aren't alone, but you know, just a whole bunch of people, you know, from the south and, and west usually yeah. playing in Erie, Pennsylvania, and then your season just ends, and it's like everybody just kind of goes their separate ways and that's that's the way life goes but it is kind of awkward when you're you know when you're that age i imagine you know like i I can remember like not wanting to go home you know at the end of a semester in college like you feel like you know you need to have a party and then you need to like pack some things and it's like yeah it's not so cut and dried so yeah i thought that was a cool way to kind of send them off and yeah hopefully give them a little bit of motivation a little bit of a little bit of a taste for the for the off season to you know kind of take into their workouts and stuff so i thought that was cool that was a good idea for them. Um, oh, yeah. And there isn't, 
I don't know. I mean, there's not a whole... Players haven't called anybody up because we're still waiting for the Toledo season to end. Yeah, and Toledo lost um, to the Bulls tonight, so it's one-to-one, so the series is going to go on. released Josh Smoker today. Yeah. 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 Um, so that actually opens up a spot on the forty man. So the forty man's down to thirty nine, which does bring up room for bring in room for a call up. Yeah. Um, which I I'm, I'm still pretty sure is going to be Stewart in a couple weeks, but um, I guess in the meantime they could still call somebody different up. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess they just figure like, yeah, you know, it's the hens, and you know, we're we're just going to leave them their full complement because I think yeah. the guys that they'd want to call up, like Spencer Turnbull, I think is starting tomorrow for the hens, and he is. Someone you could maybe call up, and you could maybe call up um, Zach Houston, who's their closer, who's had a really good year. But um, but it seems like it's going to be Kristen Stewart, and they, they need that bat to get through the postseason, I suppose. So yeah, we probably won't see anybody for another week or so until that all wraps itself up, at least. Um, the West Michigan Whitecaps won their second... Like, they won their quarterfinal round tonight um, over the Great Lakes Loons, who play out of uh, Midland, Michigan. And that was another like nail biter where they won in extra innings. Um, they got into the playoffs with some some weird like late innings drama. So they've been kind of scrappy over there and uh, and and winning despite themselves to some degree and despite some of or at the result of a lot of bad defense from some of these other teams. I don't watch a ton of A ball, and then when I do, I'm just like, man, <laughs> these guys do have a long way to go. Sometimes it's true. Speaking of minor league ball, before we go back into the, the Tigers affiliates, can we just talk quickly about the new baseball team in Madison? Oh, yeah. Um, Alabama. Yes. <laughs> There's going to be a new, I think they're a double A affiliate. I could be crazy. Um, I feel like I read that on the, the Sportsnet one that I read, but uh, regardless, <laughs> I'm making it up. It's Southern League. Okay, I'm making it up. But they're a Southern League franchise, and... They will be in Alabama, and they are going to be called the Rocket City Trash Panda. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And I have never <laughs> needed minor league gear as badly in my life as I need a t-shirt from the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Yep. I'm also heartbroken that they are not in the same league or division as the Staten Island Yankees. <laughs> for a brief period this season, the Staten Island Yankees renamed themselves as the Staten Island Pizza Rats. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. And to have the Staten Island Pizza Rats play the Rocket City Trash Pandas, which would be like the pinnacle of minor league baseball. It would just uh, make my entire life. That would be beautiful. Yeah, it's a, that, those are better than like the Hartford Yard Goats versus the Trash I know, Pandas. I, but the, the yard goats. I do like I the Yard Goats. Name. Yep, so do I. It's a good one as well. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that is a great that is a great name. Yeah, and we're, yeah they are double A. Okay, and they're an affiliate of the Angels. Yeah. Okay, I'm not crazy. They are a double A team. Yep, yep, you're right. Okay. Um, do people know what a trash panda is, do you think? I mean, we're talking to Midwesterners for the most part. Everyone knows that a trash panda is a raccoon, correct? It's a raccoon. Yeah, okay, I hope so. I would hope so. Yeah. It makes perfect sense, too, because if you ever see a red panda, like a red panda is basically like a big red, even cuter raccoon. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or like a tanuki. Oh, yeah. Which is not a raccoon, but sure looks like them. Yeah, um, and also magical. Yes, if you're playing Mario, especially. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, yeah, Staten Island is in Class A, and so we no. never see the two play- teams play each other, but... The Twix shall play. never meet, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that was fun. There's some other fun things going on. We are kind of ramping up toward the postseason, um, and that's making everything a little more palatable to me, because I don't pay a ton of attention to 
other teams other than like you know like the couple teams I'm like generally interested in. But this is the time of year, yeah, where it's sort of like okay, now I'm now I'm paying attention to the to the playoff races and stuff. And obviously yeah. the National League is just like a dogfight in all directions down there, so that should be interesting. I mean, the West just keeps shuffling; it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, have the Dodgers three back. And they're suddenly in third place, and suddenly the Diamondbacks are up there. And the other day, the Rockies were in the lead. And I'm like, good God, what is happening? I know. And there's only like, three weeks to go, and there's still, like, a scenario where all eight teams could finish with the same record. But eight teams in the same, like, so some kind of... Eight team, one, six, game 163. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's no... Work. Yeah, there's no scenario to, like, make that really work well. So, yeah, that, that would be crazy. Um, the Cubs still like look to me. I mean, how how are you feeling about this? You write about the Cubs somewhat. The Cubs still kind of look to me like they're the the class. They're a lock. Yeah. For the, for the central for sure. Yeah. Um, right now it's kind of a because I I do a weekly recap, uh, especially two of what's been going on the week before, um, for for all of the central teams, um, and it, right now it, the Brewers and the Cardinals are kind of neck and neck there. Um, I don't see, I, last I checked, the Brewers are only four games back of the Cubs, and that was on Tuesday. Um, and I, they, I mean, they could feasibly go on a run, but the Cubs are not going into a cool mode right now. Yeah. I mean, the Cubs are still sensational. Um, I, they'd have to have a really good run of bad luck, and I don't see it happening. Um, and... Yeah, Milwaukee does have Milwaukee does have a wild card spot though, so they've got the wild card spot. Sorry, I'm just checking. No, that's fine. But the thing is that the Cardinals could take that from them. Yeah, like I, the Cards are like right neck and neck with the Brewers, and that could be very interesting. So actually, yeah, the card those two teams have both the wild card spots right now. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, and the the Cards are playing Detroit this coming weekend. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have a 2006 rematch. Um, that'll just be real sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna play the Astros this weekend first too, so that that's gonna be that's gonna be rough as well. Everybody may get to see uh, Justin Verlander. I think on on Monday. I think they're kind of set set to go. I'm not sure if it's if it's confirmed, but yeah, there is a chance Justin Verlander will be pitching against the Tigers. So that'd be that'll be interesting to see, but um, probably not so much fun. <laughs> Although last time they they ran into him, they uh, they clobbered him for four home runs, but I don't expect that to happen again. Probably not. I feel like he might be in a better groove now. I think he was emotional about it last time, and I think this time he's going to be like, "Nope, I'm going to come in there and just snap y'all on the neck." Um, <laughs> I should. That's. I probably shouldn't have. Probably shouldn't go with any neck stopping references based on the the first topic of the show. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I just I can't get over it. I just keep thinking. I keep picturing like the two of them, like how this could go down. It's I, I picture it. This is, here's how I picture it, and I don't think it happened like this, but this is how I envision it. I feel like Mario came in early one day and took the really good brute like chair in the booth. Yeah, there's so few of them because you know the White Sox are cheap or whatever. It's like a Herman Miller Aeron chair, yeah. like a fightable, then, like, fightable chair. Rod's just like playfully like, oh, partner, you took my chair, and like Mario's like, f off, it's my chair now, and like. <laughs> Rod would have passed behind him and, like, you know, just given him a fake choke. Yeah. But, like, that was it. That just, like, set Mario off, and it was just, like, a slap fight from there. <laughs> yeah. how I picture that happening. I know. And, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, of course, Rod Allen is getting the, getting the worst of this because everybody just assumes that if anything started like that, it's him. And, you know, when you are famous for having hilariously chased a Japanese pitcher all around the outfield... 
um, and not and with with so much rage that you wouldn't give up even when he was you know eluding you for you know most of the way. Um, yeah, you know you're, you're going to kind of take the heat there, but there's just no telling. You know, everybody kind of assumes like you know Alrod's the hot-headed former athlete. And that might be true, but maybe Mario and Pemba's like the passive, you know, aggressive kind of kind of dick to him he about stuff. You just don't know. Tiger inside of him. That's right. Maybe he's, you know, he he doesn't like, you know, being the the one who's not the the ball player. You know, maybe it's it's been eaten at him all these years. And he just snapped. Yeah, he just he went crazy. Now we're really wildly speculating. I'm sure this is super professional of us. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, wild speculation. You know, it was a what thirty eight minutes into the podcast, maybe a little bit less after some editing. So. <laughs> You know, we're, we're deep in here. I think we've got all the hardcore fans with us now, if anybody, and no one left. That's right. Because, I mean, if you've, you've stayed with us for over 30 minutes, bless your hearts. Yeah. And now I want to talk about stupidity. I want to talk about the stupidity of the Los Angeles Angels um, in oh, yeah. allowing Shohei Otani to continue hitting all summer, which, okay, maybe that's not so bad for the UCL. They'd know better than I. But then they finally allowed him to go back on the mound and pitch, and his velocity absolutely cratered after, like, one inning down to, like, where he was maxing out at 92 miles per hour. And now he's going to have to have Tommy John surgery, which everyone could have predicted and did predict when they they announced that this was coming back. Now it seems to be more um, more of a thing. Oh, by the by, Rod Allen just released a statement. Oh, did he? Okay. Uh, on Twitter, and it says, Officially, I've always conducted myself as an honorable professional, and I always will. Because this is a personnel matter, I can't comment right now. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. None, right. none of you. Otani and how they should not, how they should have just taken him out for the season. Yeah. And, like, if they'd actually done something when the original problem popped up, he could have been back next year. Yep. Yep. And now as it is it's September, he won't have the surgery until end of the month. I'm assuming they're going to get a second opinion on this because they haven't said it officially yet. Yeah. Um, I assume you would take him to Dr. Andrews and be like, is there hope? Right. Um, and it won't be. I mean, whenever anyone says the words Tommy John, Tommy John happens. Yeah, from what I read, it was a... It's like Beetlejuice. You say it three times and yeah. has surgery. Yeah. And I think he had like a partial tear to start with. That was the initial diagnosis. And they thought, you know, that it had healed enough to go back out there and start working. But so I guess this is a new tear. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like there's no way... To avoid that and yeah i mean they didn't have anything else to play for this year and they might have something to play for next year where it might be nice to have shohei otani like come out of the bullpen for you in september and in the postseason and just dominate um and they've they've blown that and this is a you know this is an organization that you know has kind of made a lot of bad decisions along this line um you know everybody kind of likes to bring up masahiro tanaka who famously had a tour in ucl and pitched through it and rehabbed it and has yet to have any kind of, you know, major issue with with his arm. But the Angels have tried this with Garrett Richards. They tried this, I think, with Andrew Haney and maybe Parker Bridwell. There's a couple guys where they just would not, you know, recommend to them that they got the Tommy John surgery. And they tried the, the PRP injections in the elbow, the blood platelet-rich injections, and rehab and all that and in all cases it's failed <laughs> so um they've got a horrific track record i mean they're, they're positively metzian in terms of keeping their pitchers healthy oh. over there and so to do that to a superstar who you got for basically nothing you know you know like winning the lottery to begin the season um and one of the only reasons that anyone really kind of came around and thought okay maybe the angels could challenge for a wild card spot 
Uh, it's just, you know, just asinine. I mean, it's just incredibly bad management over there. I, like, I, you know, if that happened, could you imagine if the, if this had happened to the New York Yankees and he blew out his arm again and they had, you know, had him go back to pitch for no reason? Like, you get you get fired for that in big places. You know, I think the Angels just tend to be kind of soft as a fan base. No offense, Angels fans, but... No, I think it's an interesting counterpoint to look at, at how things went with the Cubs this season. Because you have you Darvish. Mm, yeah. And, like, I'm not, oh, God, of course, somebody out there is going to listen to this and be like, she's only mentioning him because they're both Asian. No, um, they're both pitchers who have had, you know, crippling sidelining injuries. And you Darvish, like, the Cubs fan base was just like, why did we pay him so much? He's useless. Like, he hasn't, like, he's, he's being a whiner and he's sitting in the club. And I'm like, well, for starters, you're not there. And that's probably not true at all from what I know and have seen of you Darvish. Yep. Um. But the thing is that they were very careful with him. It was like, go out and pitch in a backfield somewhere. Go out and like just try to take a couple easy easy throws. And if there was even the faintest sign from him that something felt uneasy, they were like, nope, we're not going to rush this. Yep. Until the point where they were just like, you know what, he's done for the season. We're just going to you know take the time and do what needs to be done and get him back to full health. And I, I think that's a really interesting... Um, like counterpoint to, to what we're seeing in LA where it's like whoa this is the reason fans are showing up so we got to get them back out there and you may have just done more damage yep and the crazy thing is he just continues to hit um, I mean he's a superhero I mean you know I you know I thought everybody probably felt at the beginning of the season like the hype was too much the hype wasn't enough really um, yeah. nobody expected him to you know be one of the better hitters in the game and he's He's pretty close to that, especially when you're considering he's hit this whole time with a torn UCL. Like I, I don't. It's it's just kind of baffling. Like he just you know came up facing major league pitching and just just hammering the ball. Um. So yeah, hopefully hopefully they can get this all right and he can get back because you know Shohei Otani should be like one of the faces of the game for like you know a decade Absolutely. from what we saw this year. I mean it's just been incredible. Um, just an incredible athlete. So yeah, and the thing I I'd kind of like to to kind of leap off. From you know the the kind of dichotomy between the way they, the Cubs handled Darvish and the way the Angels handled Otani is the way the Minnesota Twins are handling Byron Buxton, um, oh. because we talked a little bit about last week about the fact that the MLBPA finally kind of took everyone's advice and hired like a really really seasoned labor negotiator and lawyer um, to to represent them in the next collective bargaining agreement, which everybody figured was a good idea. Um, and one of the reasons is that we've just kind of seen, you know, the players' share of revenues kind of taking a hit. Well, you know, one of those, one of the key concerns around that is the service time issue, where teams are leaving guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Eloy Jimenez, um, these really, really elite, high-end prospects in the minor leagues, as long as possible, and far beyond when like any any actual baseball concerns, you know, w- would even be involved, so that they can game the system and get an extra year of control of them. And, you know, obviously the union hasn't done anything to stop that, so I'm not here to, like, make a huge fuss about that. But the Twins case is unique because Byron Buxton has played through a lot of injuries this year. Um, He could have sat out, you know, he could have said, nope, I can't go for you guys. But he manned up, um, or womaned up, as the case may be, to not be a sexist pig, and and fought through all that stuff and, you know, and tried to play for them and wasn't successful and really, you know, had a had a really terrible year. But the twins are kind of acting now like, well, we've got to, you know, we've got to shut him down because, you know, this is about his health. Like that was one of their talking points. But they've had him playing in AAA for like the past, you know, month when, you know, his health was being impacted and it had no bearing on their 
chances of making a postseason run. Yeah. So, like, all of that, st- all their arguments about this fall upon deaf ears, and because they shut them down when they did, um, they're going to have an extra year of control. And you just have to wonder, like, as a franchise, whether or not, you know, saving that extra year is worth, like, the bad vibes that you, that you got, you know? Um, it, would Byron Bexton ever re-sign with them or extend with them? I wouldn't think so. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it, it brings up a lot of questions, too, right? Like, it's something that I think a lot of people are going to look at and, and take more seriously going forward when you see it with other teams. And you're going to be, I think, more mindful of that manipulation when you see it going on in the future. Yeah. Um, I know at D-Race Bay we're, we're planning on doing a whole, a whole like, multi-article thing involving all different aspects of... Um, of that, of that sort of thing. Yeah. Because um, the Rays, Rays were one of the pioneers of, of some of this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so we're, we're diving real deep into that sort of thing. Um, so look for that in the, the postseason when we're not playing in it. Um, <laughs> Good try, though. <laughs> Excellent try. Uh, oh, there's, there's still the slightest hair of a chance, and it's keeping me super alive. Yeah. Mostly because when we did our preseason um our preseason like guesses for who would end up at the top of each division. I am the only person who picked the Rays for a wild card spot. Oh yeah. Um, and I would love to be right. <laughs> yeah. Especially cause it just the way Such they a random one. I would yeah. love to be right on that. Yep. Just the way they got there too. So much going wrong. And then all these kind of weird like trades that seem like fairly balanced in terms of value and stuff, but have worked out. <laughs> And they've added a ton to their farm system along the way at the same time. Like, they could be pretty darn good next year. That's going to be really interesting. But, yeah, go, to go back to yeah to Buxton and, and the union, I just think, you know, and we talked about it again with the way, you know, Cubs fans are have been kind of on you, Darvish. And I feel real bad for you, Darvish, because he got it from Dodgers fans after struggling in the World Series last year. But, you know, we, we have this, this attitude and this ideal that, like, you're going to play for the team. You're going to play through pain. You know, you've got to, you know, you got to be tough. You've got to be in there with your teammates, you know, no matter what's going on, as long as you can function. Um, and, you know, that's supposed to be a laudable thing to do. And now we're seeing teams exploit guys for that um, and cut off years of control and millions of dollars potentially from them. And, you know, fans like to complain about this kind of thing, like, oh, players aren't the way they used to. You know, they're thinking about their contracts and their salary. And what you're seeing is that there's absolutely no reason for them to do anything else because teams too often, you know, take no account of their, you know, their relationship with their players on that front. You know, this, you know, overly kind of like nerd-based approach that that these some of these front offices are taking where, you know, their cost-benefit benefit analysis don't take into account like the, you know, the relationships that they have with their players, the expectations they have with their players and the way, you know, fans see their players and you know, you just have to, you know, this this is just going to keep coming to a head. And with this kind of thing going on and the CBA you know, already being kind of contentious last time. Um, it's just another kind of chink in the in the chain of like feeling like these two are really going to kind of tie up for a, a real cage match um, in a couple of years here. So, oh, that's be interesting. yeah. So yeah, and it's just you know, it's not you know maybe we should try. Maybe the Tigers need to call up Minnesota and just be like, hey, that Buxton kid went out of there. <laughs> we'll throw you a bone. Have that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be perfectly happy to have another super lightning fast dude who maybe oh, will eventually hit. Absolutely. He's such a good outfielder. Yeah, he's he's sick to watch out there. Like jo- Jacoby Jones has impressed me so much, and it's still like, mm, yeah. And Byron Buxton is better than that. That's it's hard yeah. hard to imagine. And you see Kermeyer too. And I mean, yeah, to to think that Buxton is the best out of those guys is is just ridiculous. 
it's insane. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, Akira Mark could go a whole season without getting injured. That would be A+. plus. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> I know what's going on with him there. Yeah, Tommy Tommy Pham will break your heart that same way, I'm afraid. But uh, Yeah, on and off since being moved over to the Rays. It's yeah. been ridiculous. That poor guy. I know he's got, like, eye issues. I don't, I don't know how he even plays like he does. Um, but, yeah, it seemed like he perked up with uh, Tampa, though, a little bit. Played a little better for you guys when he was when he's been healthy. He is so stoic. Like he's so serious. He's a hothead. He is an angry hothead. Um, from everything I've read, yeah. He's just like so stern. Like yeah. he smiled and like so, there was a post on the Rays Instagram that was just like, "Yes, it does happen." Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> like, do, do you know his backstory at all? No, I just know he has a twin. Yeah, okay, you should look up his backstory, because, yeah, he's, he, just the, some of the stuff he's been through is really tough, and it kind of explains why he is like he is, but right. but he does seem like he's a little bit of a psycho out there, um, and and the Cardinals probably didn't help that by, like, keeping him in the minor leagues probably two years longer than they needed to, just because, you, know, you know, telling him, like, you need to do this one little thing and this little thing, and meanwhile, he's, you know, playing great defense and hitting the crap out of the ball and wondering, yeah. like, when's my chance coming, so... That's another example of where the Cardinals probably spoiled that relationship, you know, along the way for the for similar similar reasons that the Twins might be doing with Buxton. Um, yeah, so this is going to be interesting times. Um, the stretch drive is looking like it's going to be fun. And those are kind of the major topics. I think there was just like two two funny things that I wanted to bring up. Well, yeah. Yes, okay. All right. We're talking about serious players who never look like they're having fun. On yeah. Let's try to bring the fun back. There's one guy in particular who demands that the fun be brought back. Do you want to introduce this? Because yeah, and you're you're even tighter with Sean and is it Iran or Aaron? It's just Aaron, isn't it's Aaron. it? It's Aaron. Yeah, it is just Aaron. Okay. It's just a very Gaelic version. I wrote it. I wrote it down. That was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> I knew what it was. This new website that was kickstarted. I actually participated in the Kickstarter um, called Expanded Roster just launched in the last week or two um and their big push is it's, it's a very inclusive website lots of female non-binary lgbtq um writers um which is fantastic yeah and they went in with that like so you, you know don't read it if you're going to get feisty and that's fine but they're doing really good work uh, i think exploring different aspects of the game that aren't aren't picked up anywhere else yeah um and one of the first things they did actually was a joint interview with um sean doolittle and aaron dolan um and they talked, it was a really fantastic interview, um, especially like really dealing with a lot of the stuff that came out with all of the, like the nasty tweets and like Sean absolutely addressed the Trey Turner part of that, one of his teammates. Um, and it, it was a really interesting back and forth, but then another part of what he did in that same interview, <laughs> a different post is that he issued a challenge and the Sean Doolittle challenge was, um, hit a home run off of him and, just have such the most ridiculous victory dance or trot around the bases just go all out to the point where you receive a fine from the mlb for excessive for ostentatious display <laughs> yep, excessive, excessive celebration excessive <laughs> celebration um and, and if you do this he will match the fine up to ten thousand dollars to a charity of your choice um, <laughs> which is so awesome fact, he's like i can't believe i have to explain to you guys that this is a joke i don't want anybody hitting home runs off of me um but no i feel like he would actually pay it up i think he um, might yeah oh my god it's just so funny yep. like people were losing their minds and to me and i said this on twitter so if you follow me it's i'm just repeating myself but it, it that challenge in and of itself is such the perfect expression of what i think is the right way to play baseball 
I think it's it's a pitcher going out there and saying, you know what, you know you did well, so go out there and just just explode joy everywhere. Like just be so happy of what you accomplished that you like throw your bat into the air, not hitting anybody, <laughs> and you trip around the bases like a kid on like hitting his first little league home run. Like I think that the point of the joke and whether or not, you know, he actually has to pay up is, you know, moot point. I think the point of him doing it was very much that he's saying like baseball should be fun. Like, let's bring fun back to baseball. And I think that that's something that's so needed. Um, so, yeah, uh, props to Sean Doolittle for that. And go check out the stuff on Expanded Roster because it's really fantastic. And it is not a paid website. It's not like The Athletic. You can go and read all of this for free. Um, and it's it's they're done really well so far. Yeah, Expanded Roster does look pretty darn great. Um, it's really nice to have that there. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I, I feel the same way. You know, like, people don't mind... It's it's just a weird thing because people don't mind emotion when it's anger, um, but but if a guy is like jubilant and like you know throws his bat and you know is like super excited and like bounds down to first base, you know there's just that that subset of people who, you know, just have not reoriented themselves from some of the nonsense that you know <laughs> people used to get beat in their heads about the way you're supposed to play yeah. the game and the stoicism, blah blah blah, you know, and even even players that we've talked about, you know, like Chase Utley and Ian Kinsler who are guys who do kind of give off that a little bit of that like old school vibe like those guys are still like super expressive in their own their own kind of ways but you know because it's more familiar to people or you know for for whatever reason you know because people just want to be mad at certain people for certain reasons um people get super salty about some of these things you know we saw it you know back with um the late jose fernandez like when he hit his first home run it's kind of a classic example um you know people just getting upset and it's like hey he beat you you know he hit a home run Deal with it. Yeah, I see, you know, I see pitchers pump their fists and, you know, scream, yeah, and all that kind of stuff, you know, when they punch a guy out to escape a jam. You know, that's a natural, that's a natural expression, you know, right in the moment. And as long as it's not, like, fake, you know, like, you know, if that's how you feel, you should just play, you know. Like, are we going to get feisty if guys like Phil Coke are spiking their gloves into the ground? I don't think so. Yeah. So why do we get mad at guys who hit home runs? Yeah, I know. It's bizarre. You know, it's like, you know, intensity is, you know is only okay on the one side of the spectrum for some reason to some it's group of people. Max, Max Scherzer's <clears throat> out there every other day, like, literally swearing. Yep. Just, just, yep, just, screaming, just, grunting, like, Serena Williams when he throws pitches and stuff. It's like, man. Like, you get close-ups of his face when he's in it. He's, I can't tell if he's swearing at himself or at the batters or at life in general, but it's very enthusiastic. Yeah. He's a very serious guy up there. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of yeah, he is kind of nuts. Yeah, um, but yeah, and, and speaking of Ian Kinsler, the last little note I wanted to bring up because it's just cracking me up because you know as soon as we heard that Ian Kinsler had been traded to Boston, like it all just became clear that this was his destiny because you know dudes yelling Kinsler, Kinsler, you know it's it just all it just all fits. And of course, since he's since going there, he had kind of a rough um, first couple months of the season, but. He's playing his butt off there. Um, they're drooling over him. Everybody's excited to have him there, playing great defense and coming through with clutch hits. And he did this little hip swivel move in the dugout that is rapidly becoming iconic for him, at least among the, the Boston fans, where he kind of put his arms over his head and just did like a little little dad dance moment, basically. You know, where he just like swivels the hips. It was a little bit of a wiener waver. Yeah, yeah, just a little, it was a, a little hip shake. A little shake. Yeah, a little shimmy, maybe. 
Um, but what's just funny is I watched some of Boston's game the other night, and you know Kinsler got this um, this big RBI hit to tie the game um, with the bases loaded. Line went into left, scored two, and in that game that they came back to beat the Braves when Brandon Phillips came out of obscurity <laughs> and uh, and crushed a yeah, crushed a home run to win that game. But I, but when Ian Kinsler got that hit, they panned to the audience, and there were all these like. 60 year old dudes up in the audience all like kind of looking at each other and like putting their hands up and doing this little hip swivel and i was like oh my god this is a thing this is the thing okay but yep but it was great i love yep. i love that stuff there's nothing nothing wrong with some some goofy baseball action like that from the you know whether it's the minor leagues or the majors no, i saw them post that on the, the, the red Sox twitter yeah yesterday or the day before and i'm like is ian kinsler dancing <laughs> i'm so i'm just i don't know what to, to think about life oh do you remember ah oh, you might not have seen this but back in 2014 the one time that the tigers made the postseason with ian kinsler there was some great video of um i think it was victor martinez and jose iglesias and maybe somebody else one of the other latin players were busting out some awesome salsa and all these moves and ian kinsler's back there behind him with a stogie in his mouth looking honestly trashed already at this thing and busted out all this all this hilarious salsa and it was just like such a oh my god i gotta find video of that somebody uh, else did remind me that he did do that ridiculous like horse move dance oh yeah dug out a while back yep. and i'm like yes yep damn it ian kinsler play the game the right way <laughs> yeah so yes this is what we're asking of people it's like you know feel your feelings have fun if you're not having fun, feel those feelings. It's all okay. It's all alright as long as nobody's getting hurt out there. So yeah. everybody just settle down. Um, I like all this drama, though. I, I, I am kind of bad this way because I am the one who like loves it when a brawl breaks out or when there's kind of a beanball situation. I'm half like winsome because I, yeah, I don't want somebody to get hurt. But, you know, I'm a hockey fan and I'm old maybe too and, you know... I'm just used to seeing this kind of thing, so it doesn't... And I'm also an MMA fan. I think maybe that's it more than anything, is that somehow I've made myself very comfortable with the spectacle of, like, realistic live violence between um, between two men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I try to watch myself on that, because, you know, you don't want anybody getting hurt out there, but, you know, in the end, like, it's all grown... Yeah, I know, it is. That would feed my violent, like... Yeah, go watch some Ronda Rousey, man. She's been uh, yeah, having a blast over there. I love her. I, I watched two seasons of Glow, so now I feel like I'm oh. ready to start watching real wrestling. Heck yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's something about us that, you know, we need, we need this a little bit. We just, you know, need a little bit of, little bit of angst. And honestly, you know, baseball, for all its, you know, talent and skill and hard work and dedication, it's like, you know, it's still like grown men in pajamas playing this, like, game and getting paid stupid money for it, so... It's a very refined sport. Oh, I know. I know. It's, you know, it's the sport of kings in America. Um, yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, it's it, it can be goofy, and in the end, it's all a human drama, so all those human dramatic moments, bring them on. Bring them on. I'm hoping for just, like, a crazy postseason with incredible moments and incredible celebrations and tears and screaming and fights and destroyed fan bases and jubilant fan bases it's good stuff october baseball yeah. I, I miss yeah. it miss it for us so i'm excited i mean i'm sad we're not participating but you know what it's one of those things where you find your heroes and villains no matter what um you find a rooting interest and you just run with it yeah so i'm i'm excited to see who and you don't get an there. and you don't get an ulcer because you're not living and dying on well, every pitch i'll have the cubs to follow that's true you know i'd like to see another another la cubs showed like showdown in the uh 
in the, the you know championship series or whatever. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm still trying to think of who I'm going to root for. I mean, I, I think I, I'm, I'm out on the Astros right now. I know. I'm but, so bummed because I love some of those guys. I know. Man, that team is really like they kicked a guy out for bringing an anti-domestic violence poster. Yep. Um, I'm like, yeah, you guys are taking a real firm stance here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I'm, and I'm sure they vetted, yeah, they vetted, you know, Roberto Ozuna just as much as the Tigers vetted Derek Norris. Well, except that Roberto were, Ozuna is still under investigation. He's on trial for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have a real, real strong zero tolerance policy. Yeah. I'm just, I'm really annoyed at that. Yeah. And that's kind of killed my buzz on the Astros. Yep, same here. Um, it's been tough. Like, I can't I can't root against Justin Verlander, but I'm starting to... I can feel my AL rooting interest, like, leaning over to Boston, which is just gross. But, yeah, man, like, Ian Kinsler, Rick, Rick Farcello, JD, I can't root against those guys, man. It's practically I, our team over there. I had a moment the other day where I realized, honest to God, if you took every single player and every single manager and every single part of the Cleveland Indians team and put them on any other team so that they weren't the Indians. Yeah. They would probably be one of my top 5 favorite teams. I know. I love I love I love Mike Clevenger. Clevenger's Clevenger literally called Trevor Bauer a robot this week and yeah. it is just the highlight of my existence. Doesn't it feel like Clevenger and Daniel Norris should be road tripping this off season with yes, like Daniel would be amazing. Danny Duffy go out um, west. That we all know that I'm obsessed with Trevor Bauer. I'm getting um, there too, yeah. Yeah. Like I just He's a documentary I want to watch. Um, <laughs> just so fascinated by that weirdo. Yeah, he is a weird one. I really don't like him, but I'm just fascinated. Yep. Um, I, I, I sit there sometimes when I'm brushing my teeth and think of questions I would ask Trevor Bauer if I ever got to interview him. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. This is my life. This is very, like, I'm like, how would I get to the root of what is Trevor Bauer? Yeah. But, like, Francisco Lindor, Andrew Miller. Yeah. Corey Kluber. Kluber. Like, Leo oh. is a manager. Like, every part of the Cleveland Indians appeals to me as a baseball fan. Yep, they got Rajai over there still. I Love Rajai. He's doing so well. Um, and, like, there's just so much to like about that team and it makes me so mad that they're the indians yep <laughs> i can't i can't just keep up i can't root for you them could make that team the cincinnati reds and i would be there in a heartbeat buying myself a jersey are you kidding me yeah but you'd be like, buying a joey Votto jersey <laughs> joey Votto. i know joey Votto might be the most I, you know sean doolittle is tough but joey Votto is incredibly fun incredibly fun so might be one of the most likable Canadian baseball players of all time. Yeah, maybe the, um, maybe the most. Yeah, it's, it's, that's maybe. tough. That's tough. Uh, but yeah, no, so that was my thing. Like, I can't I can't root for the Cleveland Indians in the World Series. Obviously. Yeah. Um, man, <laughs> so much. To like. <laughs> how can you not? Do you, like when we're watching the All Star Game and Francisco Lindor was mic'd up. How was that? Oh. Of life. It was great. Yeah, no, and like him and Nick uh, Castellanos' friendship and like the constant grief about uh, Francisco's teeth that goes on. Like, yeah, there's just, yeah, there, it's it's just fun. I can live without most of them, but uh, but Francisco Lindor is very close to my favorite player to watch play the game who's not in the Tigers. He is incredible. He's so good at everything. And yeah. he's having a, having a good time with it, so. Yeah, absolutely. It's always out there smiling. It's fantastic. Having fun playing baseball. Cheesing. Cheesin', as Rod would say. My God, we may never hear cheesin' again or country strong. Uh, I have a I have a beer koozie. I have all of the important ones on there. Oh, for the drinking game? Yeah, I'll pour Good. one out on my uh, 
<laughs> my weekend party. <laughs> yeah. You guys, well, a lot of folks will be at the uh, the Belsie Boys get together. Yeah, that's right. I unfortunately am not going. You know, Rob lives far away, so he's not going. Like none of the none of the theoretical hon- honchos are there. But um, none of the management team is present, unfortunately. Right. So y'all can get up to all sorts of shenanigans. Yep, exactly. So hopefully everybody will have a great time there. I swear to God, I will make it next year. Um, it just it just keeps coming up with uh, with trips to go up north and do there's only so much yeah. summer so i unfortunately will not be there next year because i'm doing a three-week road trip of the east coast oh that seems like um, a good reason though <laughs> yeah so i'm doing six stadiums next year oh um we're doing boston and a stop at cooperstown uh and a stop at salem because i'm a weirdo and i love witch history oh yeah i'd be i'd probably want to do that too actually it's yeah. 30 minutes outside of boston yeah um, but yeah, so Salem, stop at Cooperstown, um, head to New York, obviously do both the Yankees and the Mets, um, head down to Philly, uh, Philly to Baltimore, and Baltimore and D.C. So I'll actually uh, hopefully get to see Rob. Um, oh, yeah. And him and his lady. Oh, that would be cool, yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, so. and you guys can, um, yeah, you know, sample all the fine cuisine and such. Oh, Rob's like my go-to. I know Rob is good. To like yeah. Restaurant recommendations. Yeah. Like the man knows good food. Yeah, Rob knows what's up. Yeah, and if you've made it this far and you're sad because you'd like to hear more Blushy Boy staff talk for a solid hour about baseball, um, you can go over to our buddies um, at Tigers SRD. Um, Rob or Jackie, our managing editor, was over there um, last night. Um, I'm with Roger and Chris and did the show over there, so you can check that out. Um, he got the indoctrination where. Roger mispronounced his name, which Roger hilariously almost always does, and it's funny to me because I've I listen to Roger a lot because Roger's like a re- a really good host and like a really good recorder. Plus, I just I love Roger, um, yeah. And uh, but it is just this funny quirk that like na- names will just blow him up the first time he has to say it every time, and it cracks me up. But anyway, um, that's a good show over there. Chris Brown writes for um, Tigstown on the twenty four seven, which used to be Scout Network about the Tigers farm system. So there's always good talk over there. Um, so you can check that out. Um, you can get on the website and check everything out we've got coming there. Um, there's a bunch of stuff on the on the farm system because we're in the minor league playoffs. I'm going to try to write about Dowell Lugo and not bum everybody out too bad. I want to look at <laughs> Sandy Baez and Victor Alcant- Alcantara, um, two good arms who maybe if they could find some command and a little bit more strikeout ability could actually be a big part of the Tigers' bullpen in the years to come. So I'll try to have that coming. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have a show, though, next week. Um, you were were you busy next week? I thought there was something going on. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm I'm gonna be out of town until Monday night probably. So we'll just we'll kind of wing it and see how it goes. But we've been recording on Thursdays, and that's probably the plan going forward. So you could probably look for these on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm going to assume we're recording next week, but okay. Uh, you know how my life is. Yeah, I know. You might have to like sit down and write ten thousand words <laughs> or an entire book within a week or something. <laughs> Which oh, is just God. baffling. I can't imagine. Oh man, it's just yeah, that's impressive. I have to yes, have to know how you do it. Who would like to keep track? I have had to write a seventy-five thousand-word novel in less than two weeks because I'm dumb and really bad at timing things out. So and also like ludicrously overscheduled to to many of us. Not to you, but to many of us. Maybe you should have a tracker um, on your Twitter handle <laughs> with like word count and dates and time remaining or something like that. And have oh a countdown. So that would, would be 
kind of amazing, actually. Yeah. I mean, you kind of do that to yourself anyway, so then people could follow along and send you encouraging gifts and such. You know, mostly <laughs> it's just, like, I like to have people know that, like, you can do something that ridiculous or, like, that it's at least, you know, possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a full-time job, as long as you don't have kids. I'll, I'll, I'll throw that in yeah, there. Kids is probably the caveat. No, I have a full-time day job. I spend much of my day dealing with stuff on Blasty Boys. I uh, hope none of my bosses are listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that as well. Uh, my day before and after my work shift. Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then I also am a full-time writer. And cat and cat servant, obviously, too, which takes cats, up some time. I have two cats and two dogs. Um, one of them is looking at me right now. Is it Daddy? Yeah, it is. Oh, that's my girl. Yeah, she owns that window box, man. It's all hers. Don't mess with her up there. All right, I guess we're good for the week. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah, I'm about out as well. It's time to go to bed. <laughs> After, after I edit, finish writing my third fan post prompt for tomorrow. Yeah, I have to edit this thing, and I'll start writing something too. So yeah, I'll probably be up for another two hours, but that's the way it goes. Yeah. All right, everybody, thanks a lot for tuning in with us. Um, as we mentioned at the beginning, please check out our Patreon site, www.patreon.com/blushyboys. If you can sponsor us a little bit there, that would be great. Otherwise, follow Ashley at 90 Feet From Home on Twitter. You can follow me at Fiscadoro74 on Twitter. And you can read all of our magical content at BlessYouBoys.com. Thanks. All right. Have a good night. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.